All right, let's record another one. Awesome. <laughs> I won't say much this week because um, I'm spending. I've spent all my uh, emotional energy. Yeah, uh, drafting up this potential letter that I'm going to send to investors about uh, big changes. Yeah, so, understandable. Uh, maybe for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But all I right. want to hear about you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're recording, huh? <laughs> we are recording. So, and I just joked that you were wearing a shirt. Yeah, so I yeah. Know what but you've been up to? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to Valentine's Day, February fourteenth. Yes, and I think I shared. Actually, did I share this in the last recording? I think I did. I was very the last sick. Last one was on February twenty first. Okay, so then I recorded the fact. Yes, I was very sick. Got turned down by a pretty big lead. Uh, yeah, it was kind of down vibe last time. That was a pretty down vibe. Yeah, and that meant that I was staring at. 14 calendar days in left in February and we still had we had $200 MRR growth which meant that we had grown maybe mm, you know less than I mean that's a few percent right that's uh that's growth but it's not like exciting growth we also had three or four deals that was one of the four so we had three other deals at the last stage of our pipeline that I was really really trying to close and one of them literally told me every three or four days that they were going to give me an answer and didn't. And that was painful. And we basically, the so February ended on, on a Tuesday. <laughs> I remember this deeply because the calendar was just showing up in my mind over and over and over again. And what I was trying to do here is grow revenue before the, the month finished, obviously. So the Wednesday before... I finally got a meeting with one of the three and they um, they said, "Let's we're ready to move forward. Let's meet on Friday. We met on Friday. They said, let's go. I asked them if they could sign the contract. They said, actually, the person that does that is out today. <laughs> but I'm sure they can look at it on Monday, which means we're like, oh my gosh. So then, so, so, so we had them look at it on Monday. That was the first exciting break. Obviously, really happy to hear that. That was a um, seven or eight hundred dollar, I think seven hundred dollar MRR increase in one deal, which was huge for us. <laughs> yeah. um, huge for us because that was almost half of our half of our revenue. Plus, we already had the two hundred, so now we're sitting at nine hundred and something growth. And our MRR coming into the month was 1600 So I was trying to double our... Re- oh, no, 1800 So I was trying to double our revenue. Then we had one more deal, which was 1,000 MRR. And really tough communication, meaning we don't have the sales process t- quite figured out yet. Even, even now we're working out, but we've learned a lot since then. This has been two weeks and we've like patched holes. But you know the same way your funnel, like self-service funnel has holes and people will literally like right before they click like subscribe they'll just get like get distracted by some random link or footer or chat or who knows what or like their cat starts rubbing up against their leg and asking for food stuff like that happens even in the high touch version and it happens when like so so we sent they said they wanted to go forward 
It took us a week to get them to clarify, does that mean you're ready to sign a contract? We finally sent them to something to sign in DocuSign. They ignored it. They didn't sign it. They asked if we could meet on that same Friday. So we met with them on Friday as well. At the beginning of the meeting, they said they weren't ready to sign. He wanted to talk. He wanted to have this meeting first before really coming to a final decision. So now I'm on trial. Literally, this I have one hour to get them over the line because I know if they don't, they're not going to buy before the end of the month. So I said, I understand. You know, Do you think that if I can get you to the point where you understand what, what we're going to be doing in the first 30 days, there's a clear plan and you understand the value better. Um, if your team understands the value better, then by the end of this call, you'd feel comfortable signing that contract that we sent over. And he said, yes. <laughs> so amazing. I always like to, I always, yeah. So I asked that at the very beginning because he said at the very beginning, hey, I know you sent that over, but I'm not ready to sign. And I said, okay, counterpoint. I'm not letting you get off that easy. If this meeting goes well, do you think you could be comfortable signing by the end of the meeting? And he said, yes. So I was like, great. So the meeting goes flying by. Normally with these kind of meetings, I was do an hour and a half, but the nature of the meeting was different than I expected. So we were 55 minutes in and I can tell it's going well. And I will say I had to be on my A game because so much of enterprise sales is project management. If, if you're listening to this and you want to get better at, at enterprise sales, become a better project manager because what you're basically being what's happening to you is you're being parachuted into an organization and you're being told to lead a project to adopt a piece of software, your software, (laughs) so that this group of people is excited, aligned, and adopts it successfully. And they don't want to do, your customer does not expect to do or want to do any of that hard work. So I'm sitting there, there's two new people on the call. They report to my buyer. I'm trying to understand who they are, what they do, what their role is, and I'm trying to figure out a plan. I have 50 minutes to figure out a plan and get them excited about it. So we get up right up to the wire and he says he has to go. We got this plan developed in our heads. I repeated it multiple times of what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, that it was concrete. And then I said, he says, oh, I'm late for my next meeting. I got to run. I said, oh, before you go, (laughs) do you feel comfortable now signing that? And he said, we have to move some Things around in terms of budget, like this is going to come out of our SEO budget, which I also thought was really interesting. This is the VP of marketing saying it's going to co- summit is going to come out of their SEO budget. Like if you told me a year ago that somebody's summit purchase would come out of their SEO budget, I'd be like, what? But that's what he said. And uh, he said, but yes, he ended up signing it by the end of the day, not without a few more questions that really made me worry that he wasn't going to sign it, but he did sign it. That meant we were able to send him that invoice on Friday. We, at the end of the day on Monday, around 4 or 5 p.m., we got the other signature from the other company. And so we finished the month. month uh, at, one, we, <laughs> at one point, we were at 111% growth in February. We had one little cancellation, like a legacy customer, if you will. or And, and so that brought us down to like 100 and. It's like 107% or something like that growth (laughs) for the month. And I've never been so happy. I haven't been that happy in a long time. Uh, That's incredible. It was nuts. It was down to the wire. (laughs) Yeah, it's been been fun to uh, get the updates (sighs) in the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, man. And, and I appreciate you're on that roller coaster with me. I think that I misunderstood the sales process probably 30 days ago where people were asking for proposals, but they weren't really ready to buy. So I was sending out all these proposals, but they weren't really convinced yet. And so then there was some like, there's just some bad sales process to work through to like rescue these deals almost and get them to like buy, even though they'd already seen the price, but they weren't bought in yet. So like the buy-in happened after the proposal was sent, which is normally like you want to you want to get buy-in first and then send the proposal just for signature. So a lot of missteps, even given all my experience. But uh, and I, I just mean like I've done a lot. I've done enough deals that I would I expect more of myself. <laughs> but with every new SaaS product and, and 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 everything, like it's just it's like you're learning all over again, and. Uh, yeah, a good way to finish. So, so yeah, February was a put the little February put the paddle on our hockey stick, hmm. <laughs> um, and that was I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you want to talk about a product as well? Yeah. Yes, and actually, we closed both of those deals without the latest and greatest product updates. So we actually, we, we, we knew about them. We described them. And I think we had mock-ups of one part of it. So we have three new pieces to the product, which we've layered on in the last three weeks. One is we are now selling a, a toolkit site. And it's basically a website that sits alongside your marketing site, the same way a knowledge base would or a help center. And it hosts your calculators. Your calculators are there. They can be browsed and used. But that's a big change because before it was either hire us to do custom integration work into your marketing site or license the APIs to do that work yourself. Customers, prospects were having to basically then approve a project, greenlight a project to integrate Summit into their marketing site, which every marketer is... I don't know, daunted by like breaking their marketing site or hacking into it. Like that's just a big lift, right? We now, at some point, we just kept going, wait a minute. What? what? I was like, what if we just sold them a, a hosted page that had like a featured calculator and all their calculators just on it? And then they could just point, you know, like tools.mycompany.com or toolkit.mycompany.com just points at that website. That was a big breakthrough because suddenly our buyers went, oh, yeah, I would, that'd be great. As long as it uses our brand and colors and it looks kind of like our marketing site or, or, you know, it doesn't stick out, that's fine. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this <laughs> this is like a blog or a help center. Like, it just has to, it just has to have their logo on it and and and, you, and their colors. It doesn't have to be, like, completely integrated to their website. In fact, trying to make it completely integrated to their marketing site was like both creating more work for them and cramping the space that these calculators have to like to just be there and exist and collect traffic and be linked to and like all these benefits of having a dedicated site was actually being lost because they're like I guess we could cram in a calculator between these two sections on our marketing site and so bad so bad so so we we had that breakthrough and that was well well received um, marketers are busy, I learned, and they don't want to do that work if they don't have to. And 
it was just about us finding the right packaging for them. So, so we figured that out. That was really big. Um, the other two things we added is we have an analytics screen that is a bona fide bar chart over time that shows how much usage is happening on these calculators. <laughs> and the other part is a contact screen where they can see the individual contact records that are going to go into their CRM or HubSpot. And the cool thing about both of those screens is they look exactly like something that a marketer is familiar with and would use all the time. With this new tool site, this toolkit site, I believe we really nailed the packaging, meaning they're able to just say yes to something and start using it right away, which marketers love because it's familiar to them. Like they buy blogs, they buy, um, what are the other things? Blogs, landing pages, websites. That's what they're used to buying. And so us saying you need to do an integration project or you need to buy and use a calculator was just a foreign object to them. Saying buy this toolkit website and just start pointing traffic to it. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, like awesome. And uh, Peter's actually made it where <clears throat> he can, he's got a mono repo going in, in Git, which I don't really quite even understand, but I think it basically means that like any improvements we make to these microsites will actually improve all of them across the board. Like he's treating it more like a product. And we can, with a simple CSS change, and I believe it's to a Tailwind CSS setup, we can actually change the buttons, the colors, the look, the feel, the logo to there to match theirs. Like within, I think it takes like 15 minutes. You can imagine in the future where we put a CMS behind this and then they can edit the content, choose the calculators that appear, etc. And like this site basically becomes their, kind of their product experience with Summit unless they want to build a calculator. Um, so that's really big. And then the other thing I mentioned before we got cut off is we also introduced a proper analytics screen that shows them usage over time. So they get a bar chart showing, you know, where they can filter by app. It looks like Google Analytics or Plausible or Fathom where they can see, yeah, just see usage. They can see sessions, users. And then the other screen we added is a contact screen where they can see anonymous and identified users, like little ID cards. And it just looks, it looks like it should. It, it's the kind of screens or views that a marketer is used to seeing in a CRM and a HubSpot or whatever. Analytics, which is usage, and contacts, which is their currency. That's leads, that's that's email addresses. <laughs> and it's like, and a site. So you have a website, an analytics screen, and a contact screen. And yeah. marketers are like, that's the trifecta, you know? That like, yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a and little it, like marketing yeah. machine almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's the three pieces you need. And then there's a CRM integration that you enable in the background just by clicking a button, send this data to the HubSpot. And there's a low code builder to build more calculators. Um, but when do you want to get started? And then uh, we've created an onboarding plan in Eros, which has been really fun. And I'm using that onboarding plan to really remove the confusion and the temptation to kind of go down the wrong path when, you know, with regards to, well, what's the next step? <laughs> it's like the next step is to pick the calculators you want. The next step is to upload your brand assets. So we have a step there where they can upload their logo, tell us what their brand colors are. We have a step in there that says complete your billing, sign your contract. We have a step in there that says book a training session with us. Like everything they need to do in the first 21 days is, is mapped out for them. 
And it feels so good after a sales call or a demo to say, DocuSign is in your inbox and here's the onboarding plan. And then it's like, they either go forward or they don't, you know, but it's not like, it's not unclear what the next step is. They don't have to write back and be like, yeah, we like this. So what is the next step? It's just like, no, it's, it's the links. <laughs> Follow the links. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So sales process improvements, packaging improvements, and revenue is responding, which is exciting. So yeah, man, I think in the nick of time with six months of runway, we appear to have found a way to grow our revenue rather quickly. And that makes me happy because it means now we could like, we're going to shift to marketing next. So Ryan's fine. I won't say finally, we are finally going to update our website based on what we've built and what we've learned and what's what's different because the website is the same as it was three or four months ago maybe even six months ago but we've learned so much since then and like it's going to be completely different so um expect a new site soon as always yeah yeah as always you were so hesitant to even have a website because you're like it's going to change anyways and it's already changed like three times (laughs) i know i know i know and it's so it's so crazy too because like the messaging, you know, the messaging now is collect insights on your, you know, about your audience and capture leads and, you know, get going fast with these tools. Like, it's just so, <laughs> I, ultimately the benefit that we're selling, I've realized, is better segmentation. It's taken a long time to get there, but it's like, because even, even like a week ago, I'm like, okay, we ha- what does this data let a marketer do? And it's like, yeah, you could use it to improve your conversion rate. You could use it to improve your like who, you know, which salesperson talks to which lead. But what what what's the in-between part? Oh, segmentation, right? Like with richer, better data on your prospects and audience, what do you do with data like that? You segment better. You put them in a different list. You, you know, and with better segmentation comes more effective marketing, right? So I... I think ultimately we built a tool that helps marketers do much better segmentation on their audience and leads and people want to buy that. People want better segmentation. Marketers want better segmentation tools. Go figure. (laughs) This is not what I thought I was building. (laughs) No. It's absurd. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. I mean, even <laughs> when you got the website, it's, it's already changed so much from where you started a couple years ago, right? Yeah. But even so, like you ripped the website out of the hands of the agency that was building it and be like, actually, this is already wrong. Like, I'm going to just take it away from you and just redo it. And that yep. website is also <laughs> about to change. It's obsolete. It's obsolete. We we started working on it in April of last year. So 11 months later, that thing is, here's the crazy part. Summit, the low-code platform, is not dead. In fact, I just got an email an hour ago from a marketer who said, I love the fact that my team can build new calculators whenever it wants to without engineering. But that came up because he said, what if we want to, what if we want other calculators? Everything we built for the last two years, as as rich as it is, 
is an extensibility feature on the actual product that we're selling. It's like, oh, and you can extend it because it's programmable, right? It's it's extensible. Like, and he, I think that was really important because I think if he had walked away going, oh, so you're building calculators that we have to like hire you again to build more or something, I think it would have, I think the sale would have kind of failed because it sounds like he's just buying software now from an agency and that we're building a website for him. The fact that we can leave them the keys and train them and they can build and launch other calculators is critical. In fact, it's kind of like the thing that makes it different and makes it software. But it it really just ended up being the extensibility feature of a of a I think that's what it is now because you've kind of like picked this like calculator for marketing or sales as your mm-hmm. wrench mm-hmm. to or like as your path to like a product market fit and a market. But I still love to use Summit for like reform, like just like our finance stuff, right? And I know and runway Isn't that crazy. And and I hope that one day it's like the Summit Suite. And yeah. the this like calculator stuff is Ooh, just like, like one that. application, but it's like, like behind like Mm. Yeah, so like behind like all the the micro, all the office stuff like you have whatever like pro, what is it called Visual like, Studio Visual Studio or like the the yeah. even just like the macro stuff I don't remember like basic or what it is. Yeah. Um and then you have all these things built on top of it that kind of like you can mm. use the same formula in the different tools because it's all just like summit or cell. And Yep. Marketing can use it, finance can use it, but the killer feature right now that's like most likely to get you to um, succeed is the is this is what it looks like right now. I think your your hopes and dreams are aligned with mine, and I appreciate you saying that. If I lay out Summit on like one of those classic, I don't know, PowerPoint slides for an investor or something, it's like we we had to go deep to serve marketing as our wedge, as our like entry to the market because a broad, broad platform just can't, it just can't break through the noise. Yeah. But there's absolutely nothing, you know, if we, if we became a $50 million, $100 million company, which I think we could just serving marketers, there'd be nothing to stop us or prevent us from saying, what is the, what is the FinTech version of this? How do we enable FinTechs to like, do underwriting better or to run analysis on, you know, it's a, it's a full blown simulation engine. Or so, the HR or the, you know, the, yeah, the everything. Yeah, to, to, and yeah. it's like, you know, HubSpot <laughs> wants to be the operating system for business is what they always say. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not really an operating system. They're a database, right? HubSpot is a database. It's yeah. a CRM with a lot of features yeah. on top of it. But this actually could be like the operating system for business almost. At least it could be the programming language <laughs> for business. Yeah, I mean, it, it. the idea that Cell becomes a, you know, there's a text-based version. It has an IDE. There's a visual version for people that are more visual. Especially with all this AI stuff makes, like, it'd be so easy to train a GBT model to do Cell. 
Yeah. Like, I, they're the, made the, to do that. It's part of what they're so, built for. It would be very easy if I had, if somebody was on staff that had the time and, and was as into AI as some of the folks I know on Twitter, like train an AI model right so that a, a marketer could come to it and say, hey, build me a calculator that illustrates the growth in a savings account over time and takes, you know, um, monthly savings as an input from the user. I think AI could do that. Uh, I gave ChatGPT like the JSON blob that we use to represent forms in our database mm-hmm. for our product market fit survey because it's like eight pages, so it's yeah long. Yeah, that's all the training data I gave it, and then I just prompted it, and 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 if you, like I had to tweak it, and I think when you use the chat interface, you don't have control over what they call the temperature, so it's more loose because they want it to feel more like human, but mm-hmm. because I wanted it to program basically i didn't want that so it was i had to like tell it like yeah yeah, you can't like this is what i want this no that's not Mm. what i want this is what i want but the Mm. only like reform code or whatever you want to call it schema it saw was the product market fit survey and based on that i was like okay can you do me like an email opt-in form and then in the first few times, I didn't understand that it had to use the same schema. So it did like HTML and stuff. And mm-hmm. but when I got it to understand that, no, 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 it needs to follow exactly the same like stuff that you see in the first form I shared. It did it. Yeah. And I copy and wow. pasted the schema it made. And I just dropped <laughs> it into our database without changing anything. And yeah. it rendered as a form. That's so cool. That's so cool. And and and, so, and if I great. actually like you know went through the documentation for the APIs and actually like put the training data together, these yeah. are all the text. Oh, these are all like the, the form building blocks we have, and mm-hmm. these are the rules. That wouldn't be very hard, I think. And then it would be perfect. Then it would it wouldn't have to guess. Like what I did was like asking it to guess, and it guessed correctly mm-hmm. after three tr- tries. But actually, it doesn't even have to guess. <laughs> What's so interesting about that is like Summit Event Language uses tags and labels all over the place. So it's very marked up in that sense. Like there's a lot of rich semantic clues just built into the syntax. You're you forced to comment like, your code, to basically. Read your documentation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have the documentation. We have hundreds of models and templates that we could feed to it. It's not a bad use of funds to spin up like uh, if we could, like I could see in 2024, uh, hey, check this out. There's an option. It's a you know beta or whatever, but just describe what kind of calculator you want and it will get created. And then you just use the CMS to like show it in your website, your toolkit, right? Um, I could see that working. Also, Summit's very succinct. So it only has to write like three or four lines of code. So even if it did and it wasn't quite right, you're not debugging you know, a thousand lines of code, you're debugging like, like three lines or something. So it would even just take that initial work off of the person. And what a cool use too to have like non-technical or non-coders using it to create something like that. Um, I think that's going to be a lot yeah. harder for, I think that's going to be harder for Excel or spreadsheets just because they're not as many like semantic clues, like cell references are cell references it's just arithmetic so it's harder to understand like oh no this is a bank account or this is a this is a revenue you know whatever but i don't know it it's going places so that was a fun tangent 
But back to the original, <laughs> back to your original point, I do believe that even if this is a hundreds of millions of dollars market for us in marketing, which could go could go very big on its own, I think there's a there's a possibility, there's a hope I still have, and I'm definitely going to be sharing it with investors that this is still just the first of of several, you know, and um, Summit is really a language underneath everything, and that's not. It doesn't know anything about marketing, <laughs> you know, uh, which is the beauty of it. I was actually talking to a guy that used to work at SurveyMonkey recently. He was in the vice president of research kind of level. So he knows a lot about surveys and forms and that whole audience intelligence market. And he made the interesting comment that he's like, if I, if I understand Summit correctly, the amount of flexibility you have at the core means that you can do things that they just simply can't do because of the way they built like these tools. You know, it's not calculation and engine underneath. It's just, it's like a WYSIWYG that creates HTML where if somebody thinks of like a pricing model, you can't like simulate a pricing structure with it. But he's like, but imagine if you had a survey and behind next to it was like, hey, you know, simulate this pricing structure what do you think of the results like he's like you just have a much more flexible data model it seems and i was like that's cool because you know what you're talking about and i agree you know i think we're only starting to see kind of the payoffs of having such a flexible platform so it was a great end of the month man and it felt good to get this update out um hopefully march is as good i will say this i'm trying to double revenue again in march which would be hilarious but also super fun i don't know if we'll get it um but i think we're going to be halfway there pretty soon but who knows you know that feels feels kind of wild but i'm gonna try (laughs) i'm gonna try as long as i add more revenue than i did last month i'll be happy that would be cool it might not be 100 percent growth again but you know yeah i think that's a good sign more leads please It's a sign of something. It's a sign of something. Hopefully somebody agrees um, and we'll get it figured out uh, in time to record some episode where I'm like, we're not going to die because right now we're still going to die. Maybe that's the good way to finish this. Like we're still dead in six months at this point, as great as this is. And I haven't solved that yet, but we'll see. So cool, man. That's kind of how I've been thinking about the the letter I was talking about that I'm writing to investors. It's basically mm. that now it's default debt, but I I think that's like, Maybe there are tweaks <laughs> that can make it yeah. default alive almost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Default sustainable. Yeah. You and I are both trying to get to default alive or sustainable. That's uh, that's kind of been the story, man. Has. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. This is good, good to see you again, man. I know it's late for you. I'll let you go. But glad to capture this while it's fresh. Yeah, awesome. Talk to you later then. All right, buddy. Bye for now. Yeah.